Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. And this is part two of our fun little interview series. And this is you as the interviewer. So um, I'd like to start us in a similar fashion. Carrie, what is a first impression if you are the interviewer? What is maybe a first impression you want to make sure that you do so that you get the best candidate to walk through the door? You want to be answering phone calls and emails in promptly when you are interviewing for somebody to come onto your leadership team. And when you're responding to the emails, don't be putting a whole bunch of emojis in them. Um, They're not on your team yet. Once they're on your team, you can use all the emojis you want in the email. Let's not use emojis when we're responding to a request for an interview, (laughs) when they're coming into your office, once you've, so we scheduled them an interview, we're going to send them a reminder the day before that they've got an interview coming up, which didn't used to be a thing, but it is a thing now. (laughs) Um, And you can do that with text message is probably the most effective way to do that to text them 24 hours out saying, you know, hi, this is me. I look forward to seeing you at X time tomorrow. If you need to reschedule for any reason, how you want them to communicate, smoke signals, text me back, call me, whatever, you know, Morse code. I don't care what the method is, but you need to tell them in that text message where you're confirming the meeting, how they tell you if they're canceling the meeting. (laughs) And then what do we do? Well, so then they're going to show up, right? You know, then you've got the day up. So a couple of things to think about the day of is, have you scheduled it at a time that is going to be convenient for you? In other words, you're not going to be full of distractions. Um, Have you turned off your phone? And what does the facility look like? smell like and sound like not and, have you, and have you notified the other people on staff that you are unavailable to give them a bathroom break or bring them band-aids <laughs> like the phrase we use is tiger time like does the rest of the staff know that this is tiger time and they cannot interrupt you well and that makes um with that same sense do they know that you are interviewing somebody who might show up in their classroom if they give a tour, because there are some people who, when they do an interview, especially if the interview went well, and they really do want to maybe take this person to another level, they might walk them around the program. There have been times where I have done my interview in 15 minutes and walked people out the door. But yet there are times where I do interviews and they are every bit a full hour because I have heard their stories, their ideas. We've walked around the program. They've given me their responses as they've seen rooms and teachers. You know, we were able to figure out if it was a good fit. So just, yeah, absolutely make sure that everybody knows. Um, and this would be a great place if you have name tags, even if the name tags are, are temporary, in other words, just like a sticky name tag for everybody involved, for both the staff and the person who's having their interview with you. Um, nothing pokey, um, but just something, you know, sticky. <laughs> it could be a piece of tape. I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, it doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be terribly fancy. Um, but it does definitely help everybody if people know that that person's coming and that person's name. Right. And we're bringing, this is an interview. We're not talking about classroom staff. We're talking about somebody to come into the leadership team. So they might be an office manager, an assistant director, curriculum coordinator, enrollment coordinator. I'm sure there's about 15 other titles we could come up with. 
that are people you're bringing into the management team, either because nobody on your teaching team wants the position <laughs> or nobody on the team has the right skill set to come into that position, right? So we're hiring from outside because we can't promote from the inside. So we let people know it's happening, or maybe we're also interviewing inside, but anyway, we're letting people know it's happening. We're letting them know it's tiger time. We are making our office not look like mine does right now. I am a piler. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you are aware of this. Kate is not a piler. She does not understand my obsession with piles. She is a boxer. She likes to put things into boxes. And, you know, um, so we have, you know, but I don't want my office to look the way my office looks on a, on a Wednesday. <laughs> I want it to be tidier. It doesn't have to be, you know, the in-laws are coming to visit tidy, but it should be tidier than it's been a crazy week. I was thinking in-laws. I think you mean crazy. We're not going there. We're not going there. <laughs> Grandma's crazy aunts. And if you do decide to box at some point in time, remember that you shoved the stuff in a box so you can find it later and make sure to pay that bill. Because, you know, finding that bill 20 years later doesn't help you any. So, um, yes, there are specific stories behind that story. But anyway, <laughs> so a lot of the same things. Make sure your phone is off. You've done a great job prepping your facility. You've got your own first impressions. How are you dressed? What do, do you look frazzled? You know, take that time to give yourself a few minutes. And it's okay to make sure you're on time, but it's also okay to give them a minute or two to have to sit there. Don't make them wait too long. But, you know, if the interview is at nine o'clock and, you know, you let them in at 9.02, that's okay. Just don't wait till 9.15. <laughs> and if something does happen, somebody calls in sick or whatever, make sure that internally you all have a plan for how that gets communicated. Whether it's if you have to go cover and therefore your interview is going to be late, is there somebody who can call, you know, who can call on your behalf? Is there somebody who you can call to come in? And so when they show up, you let them know immediately that it's going to be 15 minutes because you had a staff person call in. Yep. Can Another thing I would suggest is, and this is something... I don't know that we've ever talked about on the podcast, but you should have a change of shirt and a jacket in your office at all times, <laughs> because you never know when you're giving a baby a hug and they decide that they're going to have a little acid reflux down your back. Uh, <laughs> so I always have that because if you were in a classroom, cause you just wanted to chill yourself out before the meeting. And so you were hugging children and somebody had a snotty nose. You want to be able to change that shirt. Absolutely. And jackets are just wonderful things. A solid colored jacket that goes with 90% of your wardrobe is always helpful or just the complete opposite. Something that's wild and crazy that goes with most of your outfits. In other words, you're more of a solid colored type of t-shirt person. And so you have this great, you know, jacket that's full of, you know, 11 colors. And so it goes with 90% of what you wear. And again, the jacket can be a traditional jacket. It can be a cardigan. It can be a shrug. We're just saying a thing to put on over a shirt. <laughs> We're using jacket in the widest possible sense. Yes. It could be a kimono. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, so yeah, or so a just duster, you know, <laughs> that, that's just kind of a generic thing. We think you should have in your office all the time, not just when you have an interview. 
All right. So, so the other thing to make sure that you have for them to review is the job description. Any other information about your program that they may not have had that you want them to have that you can give them even to read while they're waiting for you? No. Okay. So then we bring them in and we do the interview by five. Let's see if we can remember all five of what we talk about is the interview by five. Okay. So we've got the handshake and the smile greeting. That's number one. What's number two, Kate? Do you remember? I have no idea. <laughs> I think Kate's not teaching that in the online class. I feel like she is missing a step. Okay. I'm like, wait, wait I got the book. <laughs> Uh, The second one uh, is telling them about your program. I know that. Ask them questions might be number three. (laughs) I have it in my notes. So I don't, uh, and I don't have my my book out. So handshake and smile greeting. Oh, no. Number one is tell them about yourself. Then tell them about the program. Ask them questions. Have them ask questions. That's the five. (laughs) I win. I was like, this interview gives 10 steps. I'm confused. (laughs) Well, yes, but this is the beginning of the interview is the five. Yes, we do have 10 in the book. Handshake, small talk, explanation, personal background, education history, job history, your questions, describe the position, applicants questions, and close. There we go. And that is page 186. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, we have to have a little fun every once in a while. We can't look like we're always prepared since we probably aren't most of the time now. So when you do an interview, a couple of things to remember is you have to take notes on the interview. You have to have a set of questions for the interview. You have to have a place where the notes for the interview stay after the interview, regardless of what you decide. So this person needs to have a file. (laughs) Um, If you did a phone interview, it needs to include the phone interview notes. You know, if you end up doing background check, that needs to be in the folder, their application, background check, all of the pieces and parts that you have to have for this job. So we're not talking about all the pieces and parts right now. We're talking about just the interview. So Carrie, what are some questions that would be a great example of making sure that you're bringing the right person into your team? Well, so I usually do, uh, you know, kind of role play kind of questions for at least some of them. So how would you give uh, a staff person guidance in this type of situation? Um, So, you know, some sort of situation that maybe has come up in the past six months. And if you were guiding that staff person's behavior, what would you do? And that'll get you a, a very clear idea of their guidance principles when it comes to adults, which may not be the same as their guidance principles with kids. So I frequently will also ask a kid-related question. How would you help a child who was experiencing, you know, running out of the classroom? You've got a four-year-old. They've just started running out of the classroom. What would you do in that situation? And and ask them, you know, and say, I'll, I'll pretend to be the four-year-old. You, you're you, and we'll we'll act this out because. I prefer, and this may be, you know, being a theater nerd, but I prefer having them actually be in the, you know, acting out like they're in the situation because I get a, I feel like I get a better read than if I just ask them the hypothetical question. Um, So so I think that helps to figure out if they're the right culture mix for your center. 
And so would you also think about like, cause you listed off all those lovely admin positions. I assume that there would also be some questions that would be uh, specific to their job. Would you ever ask a question that might be um, related more to the other duties as assigned? <laughs> so like, for example, everybody at some point in time is going to end up being a substitute in a classroom, most likely. Okay, maybe not always, but <laughs> in most programs at some point in time, you're going to be a substitute in a classroom. Would that be a question that you would ask at, the, at this point in time in the interview? Or what is your thought on that? So I, again, I would probably hire for culture fit, train for skill. And so I want to find out how do you feel, you know, this is the position we're hiring you for, but you may need to step in to help make grilled cheese sandwiches or to cover a classroom when a child has an injury. What are, what is your take on that? Or that's probably too open-ended. So um, are there any of those roles that you know that you would have difficulty stepping into is probably what I would ask. Um, So that's a much more limited (laughs) question and will keep me from having 45 minutes of them rambling on about every possible way they might step into the program. Great. Um, So then what are some other things that you as the person who is interviewing somebody to come into your leadership team, do you need to, to find out? Cause you did this relatively recently at your last job. Yeah. So one of the things that I always looked at uh, really was not just culture fit, but do they have strengths I don't have? And one of the things that's also really important is to make sure that during that interview process, it becomes very clear what the chain of command is. You know, some programs that are um, a little larger that might have HR people that might have different roles. Sometimes the chain of command based on the interview and the whole process can get really fuzzy because you might have certain people who train them for their job. You might have certain people who handle all the paperwork, uh, but yet you're their direct manager. And that may not be something that's really, really clear. And so I find that that is something that during the interview is really important to make clear. And then when you're doing the interview to bring people on and you're really trying to think through what are the things I don't do well, make that list and then ask your questions to all of your candidates based off some of those types of issues, you know, or things that maybe even have just been issues with former staff, flexibility, you know, understanding schedules, time management, uh, being able to use technology, uh, being able to stay on budget (laughs) and to stay on task. You know, so all of these are things that I've seen with educators that can be a problem um, that, especially if you're hiring um, somebody who is right out of college and maybe they've done an internship, but maybe the job for you is their first real job. And so this is something that is, as a director, you need to think through and be prepared to mentor them through just the basic things like, okay, so um, the job start, you know, your, your start time is nine o'clock. And so here, what that means is you're ready to work at nine o'clock. So that means that you have clocked in, you've put your bag away, you know, you're, you know, in your office working on social media at nine o'clock, not the parking lot at nine. 
Yeah, I think you brought up something that I want to circle back to, which was the make sure that they have strengths that you don't. We have an innate natural desire to want to hire, to bring people into our orbit who are like us. So that is bias working, right? So if I'm presented with 10 candidates, my natural inherent bias is going to be to find another middle-aged lady. (laughs) you know, who has a couple of other traits like me, I'm not going to be naturally drawn to the 65-year-old applicant or the 18-year-old applicant who are different skin colors or different cultures. I don't, I'm not naturally innately going to do that. So you need to be aware of that from a, you know, skin color, culture, gender, age, all of that. But also, management style, right? So we have everybody who goes through the course, figure out what is their primary management style and their secondary management style. Are they entrepreneurs? Are they integrators? Are they administrators? Are they producers? If you're a producer and you hire another producer to be in your administrative team, that's not going to help your team get more stuff done. (laughs) You need to hire someone with one of the other management styles Or if you prefer ideograms, you know, you can use the ideograms or, you know, the Myers-Briggs, whatever the, what color is your brain, (laughs) you need diversity is what I'm saying. So let me, let me touch on that real quick, because just because there's a style that you have as your preferred style, you also have to think about what are the parts of the job that only you can do. So there are some times where what Carrie talked about is exactly what she wants to hire. She wants to hire another her because basically there are functions, even though she doesn't like to do them, she's the only person who can do. Okay. So, you know, if you are in a facility where you're the only person who can handle money because of the way your program is outlined, even if that is your least favorite job, you have to do that. So you have to find somebody who can do the other parts that you like to do. So, you know, so that is, although differences is important, it's also uh, the tasks, what needs to be done. So, um, and I loved Carrie bringing up all the different ages and the diversity and the equity and the inclusion and all of that, because that really does make a great program. And it's important to make sure that your leadership staff reflect that of not just your current student body, but the student body in the community that you want. So also that it reflects your school staff. I have gone into way too many centers where they have in the classrooms, they have a lot of diversity. They've got people from different ethnicities and different ages and both genders and stuff like that. But everybody in the office is a white lady. And that is a problem. Because if you've got four people in the office and they're all white ladies, but your whole staff is diverse in all the different ways it can be, and everybody in the office is in their 30s and a white lady, you're going to have some problems motivating your staff and and relating to your staff. And your parents. parents. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's probably a couple of times and I'm sure Carrie and I could probably come up with a couple of examples where that would be appropriate, especially if you were doing like a bilingual program, 
you know, where basically the goal is to teach all of the children another language versus them coming in from dual language. Does that make sense, Carrie? Yeah. Where you got okay, yeah, because if I have people coming in who are wanting to learn Chinese, y- you know, I can't help with that. <laughs> and those people are probably not necessarily native to that culture. So the parents probably speak English, even if they are descendants, the parents probably still speak English. So anyway, that's one example. And like I said, I could come up with an example, but it's not a a normal, it it definitely isn't the norm. So just like when you are going in for your interview, now that you have figured out, you know, your, your welcome, you have figured out how to make your best first impression, you have asked your questions, you allow them to ask their questions. So they've asked their questions, Carrie, is there anything that if they ask should be a red flag to you? In other words, you're, you ask them a question and they ask you, you ask them for questions. They ask you a question and that's like the biggest red flag to you. Probably. Do you have drug and alcohol testing? (laughs) If they ask me if we have drug and alcohol testing, I'm going to presume that they think they're going to fail. And I don't know that I, I am not the right boss for them. (laughs) I know I am not the right boss for somebody who is not going to take a job if there's drug and alcohol testing. I'm not going to be a good boss for them. (laughs) What about for you? What are some red flags for you? Um, I think questions that immediately start off related to vacation time, money, hours. And again, especially if this was already in the job description and everything they've had to date. But one of the things that I have also found, again, in it, a lot of it is a generation piece, right? So it's figuring out how they communicate. So, you know, are they, are they texters, callers, emailers, and making sure that that works and that we can all talk through that? Because I do find that hiring folks who email is their communication preference, and I sit there and try to text them, it doesn't work, and vice versa. Um, The other thing that I found was a red flag to me were people who are doing two jobs. And so they want to know how flexible the schedule is. And again, you're probably already, you know, you've probably done some phone interview piece with them before. So if this is coming out at this interview, this would bother me because I feel like I have told you the times I needed you to work. And I, and that wouldn't bother me nearly as much because I always work, you know, for most of my life, I worked two and three jobs. So, but I would say, this is the amount of flexibility I have. I don't have any more than that. And if you need more than that, this is not a good fit for you. Okay. So now we've had the interview, we've had our questions, we've had small talk, we've had handshakes, they've asked us questions. What are we going to do now? To me right now is, 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 I'm not going to say a big decision point, but it's a fairly big decision point for you as the director or the person doing the interview. You have to decide from not just a gut instinct, but also from knowing where you are with your interview process. What are you going to do with them as far as the next steps? Um, Are you going to give them a tour? Are you going to let them know you'll get back to them before the end of the week? what is your hiring process? What is your next steps? And so at this point in time, if you know for sure that this is not a good fit, then this is a, you know, thank you very much for your time, handshake. And and if, if you are a, I'm going to let everybody know whether or not they got the position, tell them that. But if you're not say, if you have not received a call from me by X time, 
presume that we went a different way. Yeah. Or, or otherwise you got people call you or email yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. people waiting and waiting and waiting for a call from you. Be honest about that. Absolutely. So if this is somebody who you think at this stage in the game, is it your, you know, your top one or two, then it's an opportunity to take them around, introduce them to staff, let them see the program. Because again, if they rub a staff person the wrong way, or you're not sure about their interaction with staff, especially again, that first impression, microsecond kind of interaction, um, that could tell you an awful lot about whether or not they stay number one or two, or if they've now all of a sudden moved to number five. And, you know, don't waste your time on bringing them back in for something else if during the walkthrough that didn't work. However, one thing to always remember when you're doing the interviews is if you've given them a specific amount of time, stay in that time frame. Uh, so if you told them that your interview could be from 12 to 1 and it is 1245 and you, you're talking about doing a walkthrough, before you do that, check with them. Because if they have someplace else they have to be, they have to pick up children, they have to get a car worked on, any of that stuff they've called an Uber, you know, please make sure that you are respectful back to them for their time. Um, you know, so to me, that's kind of, those are the, the those those are the points at where you are. Um, and like Carrie said, communicate whatever additional communication next step. So, um, you know, whether it's background checks, um, fingerprinting, you know, and again, so make sure that they do know what all the steps would be and when hiring and start dates might happen. Because if they've Absolutely. got another job, they have to wrap up, they need to know um, all the bits and pieces. Absolutely. So um, how is it different I mean, what are your thoughts about how this is different from hiring for a teacher? <laughs> so to me, when hiring with a teacher, I think those role play um, interview questions that you talked about um, are very child driven, very curriculum driven, um, educational theory, philosophies, guidance. So I think there's a lot more. These are my checklist questions where when hiring for administrative leadership, because they are so task oriented, to me, those are much more specific questions. And not only are they specific questions, they're, it's very important how they work with me um, because I need them to be able to work with me and the leadership team, not just being able to um, work with the kids and the parents. So to me, you know, there's, it's not that I don't want them to be kid friendly, <laughs> but um, I need, if I'm hiring them to do administrative marketing work, or I'm hiring them to be a bookkeeper, I need to know that they have those skills way more than whether or not they can tolerate a toddler classroom. Yeah. And, and I think it, we have to make sure we're in the right mindset when we're having that administrative interview, as opposed to a classroom interview, because I'm not hiring them for their classroom management skills, <laughs> I'm hiring them to be somebody who's a grown-up dealing with grown-ups all the time. They might occasionally step into a classroom, but they need to be able to work with adults and command some respect. I think that's one of the things that's really different. Um, we don't want soft and squishy in the administrative team. We want somebody who can command respect and who... Um, if they tell, if they're, if they're, you know, the person who's doing the finances, 
if the parent gets a call from them, they know <laughs> I, I need to, I need to handle this. Right. <laughs> um, they're not somebody who can be talked around, I guess. They need to be a little bit more of a hard ass. And <laughs> all your inner something. All right. Yeah. They need to have some inner Zen also, but, um, I need somebody who, um, yeah, who, who speaks adult pretty well in the classroom. They don't need to speak adult. <laughs> they really don't. Um, for most teachers, if they prefer to only deal with people who are under the age of eight, I can handle that, but I can't if they're in the administrative team. Okay. Any other last thoughts before we send people off for the week? Nope. I think that's it. We'll talk to you guys in a, in a week. Okie dokie. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.